Coming up, we are joined by the man who won King of the Ring and retired Kurt Angle. He's a former Golden Gloves boxing champion. Well, you know the deal. King Corbin joins the podcast when ATB starts now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and most likely you and I have a lot of things in common right now, namely quarantine. Yeah, the magic word that's on the tip of everybody's tongue. Everybody seems to be locked down, no fun allowed to be had. Uh, To be perfectly honest with you, I enjoyed the first day and a half or two of not being able to go outside. It gave me an excuse to be lazy, but now... The world must keep spinning after the bell must keep being developed. Uh, Full disclosure on this episode, I recorded it last Friday, which was prior to the first ever SmackDown on Fox from the WWE Performance Center. Got uh, my guests in-depth thoughts on that. And as everybody seems to know, lest she be living under a rock, some big changes have been made. It's still WrestleMania season. And as of right now, the show of shows, the granddaddy of them all, the pinnacle of sports entertainment will now emanate live from the WWE Performance Center with no fans uh, honestly, I don't know what to think about this just yet. It's kind of hard to wrap your head around. It seems a little surreal. Uh, the only constant in this world is change. So I guess just kind of stay tuned. I'm going to not speculate or get myself in any trouble any earlier than I absolutely have to. But uh, wash your hands and try to just be cool to each other. It's a stressful, weird time for everybody. I guess if there's a silver lining, it's that uh, this too will pass in time. So just sort of enjoy the bizarre goings on in our world, which I'm sure we will all be talking about for generations to come. The time the entire world seemed to shut down. My team has been working very hard to put everything together So hopefully you can forget about being locked down and all of your favorite things being closed and enjoy a little after the bell today. Love you. Mean it. And the show will go on with my guest at this time, the fearless leader of the blue brand in my heart, even though you choose not to accept it. He is King Corbin. Hello, sir. Hello. It's good to be here. Let's have some fun. Let's definitely have, have fun. You, you still can't wear my crown, even though you were begging five minutes ago. Well, you know, I got to get in where I fit in. Yes. Uh, at the top of the show, I mentioned how my lovely, easy travel week to SmackDown was upended, which actually worked to the benefit of you yourself. And you just admitted to me that you got out of the car after a nice two-hour drive, and you're feeling rambunctious. I feel, I feel like I'm you know, having a good time. My energy levels are high. I may have had a couple coffees. It's funny because like you'd think nobody would be out in public at all right now. Right. And the I-4 was still uh, traffic jammed for a good 20 miles. That's brutal. I do not miss that, that I-4. That is Death Race Highway. Yeah. Like the movie? Yeah. Yeah, that's that highway. Yeah, no bueno. So um, obviously by the time this airs, it will have already occurred. But um, what's going through your mind to the best of your knowledge with the information given you tonight about a Friday night SmackDown live on Fox with no fans. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I find a lot out through Twitter. That's how I get my information these days. <laughs> um, it, it It's uncharted territory, man. It's going to be crazy. I, I, I just, I've been trying to wrap my head around it 
trying to figure out, you know, how to do things, how to make it interesting, going, well, TV shows do it all the time without uh, audiences. You know, some have studio audiences, but, like, you know, a movie doesn't have it, so you're not getting that instant gratification of a crowd, right. that, that energy. You're not feeding off of it. Um, you know, we're in there throwing each other around, and when you have an audience that is going insane, uh, whether they love you or hate you, we all know most of them hate me, uh, everything kind of hurts a little less because your adrenaline's up. But now you're not going to have that reaction. So I'm very curious to what things actually feel like maybe, right. you know. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that this morning about how, how many guys are going to have flashbacks to like the cold matches either at FCW yeah. or at the PC. It's like Wednesday morning and it's like, okay, you guys got seven minutes, go. Yeah, and it's just it's going to be interesting because, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to feel different. And, um you know, the reality is a lot of it is timing. You know, you're having to rely on an audience to kind of help you figure out where to go, where to take the performance, and um, you're not going to have that. So it's going to be uh, telling who's got some good instincts yeah, really and who your, doesn't. Yeah, compass out there. Plus, you I don't. think it's, it's all of our instincts. I know I was guilty of it when the crowd isn't making noise. You want to speed up. You yeah, get to the next you want to go, go fast faster. and try to get a reaction. And now, I think you just, that, that's what you have to make yourself aware of. You're not going to get those reactions. I mean, honestly, the, the part I'm most nervous about is like the entrance alone. Because every time I walk through right. that curtain, there's this, I mean, the second my music hits, everybody in that building is booing and there's a couple of people that are excited. But for the most part, I'm getting that instant reaction. Okay, these people are here to have a good time. They're ready to have fun. And now when that music hits, like, that's the fear everybody has is there's no reaction. And now we know for a fact there will be no reaction to what we're doing. So it's it's really tough to wrap my mind around it. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting for sure. I'm a little bit excited. Just a, yeah, a morbid right? curiosity, I think, <laughs> same, just to see how same. it's all going to work out. <laughs> so I, I mentioned FCW a few minutes ago, and uh, WWE Network just dropped the FCW documentary, which you they and I did. were both parts of. I think you lived on my couch for part of FCW. I did. I did. Actually, I think it was more NXT days that I was living on your couch because you was were a, in Orlando. It was a, yeah, but it was a good mix. We yeah. were on our way to you living on my couch. That's true. <laughs> a true story, guys. Slow, good build. Those those Wednesday night shows when we went and had a sandwich and a beer at, what was that little? Tapper's Pub. Tapper's. That's the place that had the best sandwiches ever. It sure did. For what, like six bucks, you got yeah. a beer and a, and a basically a panini that they didn't call paninis. It was just But a they sandwich. put like a pound and a half of yeah. meat on it. Yeah. So it's fantastic. It was fantastic. And the pickles. So you, you mentioned in the documentary slightly about your transition from coming from the NFL and, and your Golden Gloves boxing background to WWE. I'm an athlete. I can do this. Talk a little bit more from your perspective. I remember it obviously from my perspective and our perspective when uh, the new guy showed up. Uh, tell me a little bit more about, about your transition in there. Um, I mean, it, it was funny because you say that I'm an athlete. An athlete that quote got me in trouble actually on my tryout because when really? it came, yeah, and it's a funny story because I always, when I see Doc Tom, I tell him, like, hey, like, do you remember this? And he's like, oh, yeah, for sure. So I, it's like my second day on a tryout. They brought me in for like a week long tryout. And, I, and there were guys like Bray Wyatt in the ring and, and stuff like that. And he was like, hey, do you think you could do like a drop down and a leapfrog? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm an athlete. Like, it's easy. He goes, oh, okay. And he had somebody start running. I'm doing drop downs, leapfrogs. And after about 10 of them, I'm like looking over between each one. Like, is he going to tell me to stop? Like, I was also 325, 330 <laughs> pounds on my tryout. And I'm at like 14 going, this is bad. This, I regret. Okay. And then all of a sudden, he clipped my foot and I face planted. He laughed and he goes, huh, 
thought you said you were an athlete. Like, <laughs> I, I just did like 18 drop downs and 18 leapfrogs. I was blown sky high. So um, it's always just funny when I think about that. But no, walking in the door was, it, it was eye opening. And, and I've known, I mean, I've been a part of athletics my whole life from boxing to jujitsu to football to playing golf on my high school team. Every locker room is different and has an atmosphere. And nobody wants somebody new walking in. So you're, if you're a good, high level competitor you know that walking in the door you know nobody's going to want you there because you're there to take a spot you know i mean in reality that's what you're doing fcw was the very small funnel into wwe so if one guy got called up that's one less guy that that's going to get that opportunity so walking in i knew that i spoke with johnny stamboli uh he was actually in arizona and i like when i knew i was getting the tryout and i knew i was getting signed i wanted to kind of figure out the culture a little bit because you don't want to disrespect anybody. I mean, you walk into a football locker room and you do something stupid, you're going to get slapped. Like it's just the way it goes. And I know that this has the kind of same attitude. Like there's a a respect here and a level of respect that's expected. And so I, I met with Johnny and he kind of walked me through like from shaking hands to, you know, let everybody get their spots, their lockers, then put your bag down where it fits and, and that kind of thing. So you learn to do that. But I'm also the kind of guy I like to ruffle a little bit of feathers. I don't ever want to disrespect anybody, but I kind of want to push those boundaries. And I think I did that walking in the door. I irritated a few people um, just with some arrogance, I guess. Not disrespect, like I'm not shaking your hand kind of thing, but just that arrogance of the way I carried myself and my expectations of, of how much success I wanted when I walked in that door. And I think you saw it from a few guys and you saw it from the guys who mattered. Like Roman pulled me aside at a show. I was like, Hey, you got to do this, 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 like, because those are the guys that know they go, they look at somebody and go, okay, yeah, he can be successful. He can help us. Right. Let's, let's do this. But he also is like, yeah, not everybody's going to like you. That's okay. So, I mean, the, the, but the transition for me, the physicality, um, I dropped 65 pounds coming in. That stuff was was relatively easy to kind of understand the the ring movement and the balance and and just all of that was in ring was was fairly simple to learn for me. Um, it was the hand me a microphone, here's your promo, make me believe it. That's where I'm going. Oh, like right. whoa, <laughs> never had to do that. Before. This is really hard because I'm used to just doing an interview, like we're sitting here talking, and it, and it is what it is. But now I'm having to take this emotion um, that I've been taught to hide for so many years. Because in sports, you don't want your opponents to know you're hurt, you're tired, angry, sure. frustrated. But now we want to take those emotions and we want to convey it to millions it, right? of people around the world. But you want them to understand every bit of things that are going through your mind and you want them to feel what you're feeling if you're hurt or if you're angry or if you're embarrassed. You want these people to understand that. And you have to amplify it by 10 because there's people that are up in the nosebleed sections and want to understand that and then people around the world. So that was the most difficult part of the transition for me uh, of becoming a WWE superstar. And then there were just little things like, hey, here's a bunch of posters. Go hang (laughs) these up on some posts. And you're like, wait, what? You want me to to do what? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's also illegal. So if you get caught, you're going to have to pay the ticket. And I was like, wait, what? And then, hey, hold this sign on the corner of the street for four hours before Stark so we can get people to come. I'm going, wait, what? Yeah. Like, this is for you. You know I came from the NFL, right? And the, but they didn't care. It didn't so it matter. was that starting back at the bottom thing. Yeah. And, and that's good for everybody. It's humbling. You know, it, It's good for you to have to pay your dues in a sense. I mean, and, and here 
this this world, everybody's paid their dues in a different way. Right. You know, whether it's coming from independence for 10 years grinding it out or, or what I did, you know, going to training camp at 110 degrees. Like, it's very different. Everybody's paid their dues. But then when you actually get in the door, you still have to kind of start over. Nobody's just handed the golden ticket. Right. You kind of you relive the same growth over and over every tier. You Yeah, 100%. Through. Yeah. I, I remember... The general consensus when you arrived was, yeah, there's this arrogant guy that came from the NFL and screw him and we don't have time for him. Uh, yeah, the rumor went around that I was making all this money more than everybody else. So I was like, okay, well, let's add fuel to the fire. And I think I brought 10 or 20 grand in cash to a promo and was just like, eh, I'm going on a date tonight, maybe a 2004. Like, just the worst thing ever. Just trying to irritate everybody. <laughs> well, it succeeded. It succeeded. <laughs> but, but, but I do remember, I remember having conversations with even a guy like like Rollins I used to ride with or Ambrose. And that, that was, you know, that was the, the car at the time. And I remember going, guys, I, I think. I think football Tom might like he might not be so bad. Like, wait, what are you talking he's, about? He's I tolerable. R- R- Rollins going, wait, what? No way. And I'm like, no. He was asking about like how we survived in the Indies, and and that was kind of all any of us wanted was hey, here's this guy that you've you've got twenty. None of us had ever seen twenty grand, let alone <laughs> had it in cash, right? Ever for yeah. any circumstance. And we're we're just going, oh man, this guy thinks he's better than. And it's that chip. I mean, it's the wrestling it is. chip. It is. But but then it was like, hey, and and I remember. You asked me to ride for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I was always like, "Ah, oh, well, I gotta pick somebody. I gotta." Uh. And then finally, you had me dead to rights, and I'm like, "Yeah, I guess." And it was a long, like, three hour drive. Probably, yeah. And I just remember, like, you picked my brain forever, and I remember going, "Oh, okay, this guy does want to know things. He's not a <laughs> not, not complete. <laughs> He's just fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, complete being the operative word here. Back to to living on your couch. The amount of time we would spend watching like." Japanese wrestling yeah. and just random influences and things that because you were just like a sponge you were just like show me this let me let me learn this yeah and that was the fun thing I mean in NXT it was so easy to irritate people just going ah you're independent wrestlers you got paid in popcorns and chips and like that would rile up an entire audience sure. as well as some of the the talent yep. but um and we always talked about like you hold your cards close to your chest and like I mean, I've been going to wrestling shows since I was like three because my dad would go to every show at Memorial Hall for Harley Race and like people didn't realize that, but I never told people that because it was more fun to just let people assume and it and it worked. But then, yeah, we would start having some drinks or whatever and you'd show me a match where you're, uh, what's this genius guy you were wrestling? You guys were hitting each other with bats and- Oh, Necro like, Butcher. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going, what? This is real? Like, yeah. But it was it was fun to kind of learn all the aspects of it because coming in I, I wasn't aware I'm gonna admit this actually and it's really bad, but I wasn't aware that like there was this independent world of training in a sense. Uh, you know, I thought it was Japan and then OVW because I read Batista's book. That's how like, oh, okay. uh, I'm admitting that. Like yeah. I read Batista's book in college and was like, Oh, I gotta go to OVW if I wanna get there and like I remember driving down there, but um, like that's how I got my information of like how to become a WWE superstar was Batista's book, and it's not a cool. Well, he's thing. going in the Hall of Fame, he so is, I mean, he did a few is, things, guess, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I just don't feel cool admitting that at all. <laughs> Fast forward now, you have been uh, uh, at the top of the card for quite some time. How does it feel now, or over the past six months, or however long it's been, to be working? at the top of the card with Roman Reigns, who is the guy who is also your contemporary from FCW, and you just mentioned that he gave you some advice. What's it feel like to, to actually be able to do this on, on the regular now? For me, I think it's a double-edged sword because it, it's awesome and it's also um, frustrating 
at times as well. And I think, you know, we talk about Roman, but it, it kind of started a little bit before that. Like when I was on Raw, uh, Rollins is the champ. You know, so I'm on top over there. I was on top with Braun when Rollins was out. So in my brain, it's like 18 months I've been running legit main event on every live event, yeah. most television shows, and some pay-per-views. And why I say it's a double-edged sword is because, like, that's where I want to be, and it's amazing to be there. But then you go, you get there, and you go, all right, well, I want more. Like, I get Roman's the guy, but how do I become the guy? How do I become who Roman Reigns is like, man, I need to get on his level. Like, I want to take that spot. And it's the same for, like, you know, when Cena was here, if Roman was working with Cena, he sees that. He loves being there, but he's not content. He's going, how do I take his spot? How do I, how do I push him out of being the guy? And I think – that's what frustrates me is just that continual um, thought of who do I got to push out of the way and how do I do it to become the guy. And it's not always having, you know, the WWE championship that makes you the guy. Right. If you think about if someone important calls Vince and goes, hey, we need your number one superstar to come be a part of this, he's going to go, it's Roman Reigns. No matter where he's at, right. he is just the guy. So how do I get that spot? How, and I respect Roman, uh, you know, unbelievably, and Seth, and all those other guys, Brock Lesnar and Cena, but I want their spot. Like, that, that's just the bottom line. I think that if you don't want that spot, you don't belong here. And I think that would frustrate a lot of people because people are content at sitting in the middle or sitting at home and getting paid. Right. And that irritates me to no end because I'm going, if you don't want to be the best here, don't be here. Like, leave because you're hurting what we do. I want a whole roster of guys who want to be John Cena, not want to be John Cena, but they want to be on that level. Sure. They want to take what we do and, and fill stadiums every single night. They want to go out, whether there's 1,200 people there or 103,000 people there, and they're going to give you the same effort and performance that you know I expect. And I think um, that's part of the problem with some of the guys here is they're just content with being blah. And, and for me, that's what frustrates me uh, about being in that main event spot. But Roman's still the guy. Like, I want to be... I want to be the guy that everybody's going, man, put me with Corbin. Like, yeah. I want to draw some money with Corbin. Like, I want Lesnar to go, hey, I want to work with him. Or The Rock to go, if I'm coming back for one more match, it's with Corbin. Like, I want that spot. So that's why it, it's a double-edged sword for me because you put me up there at the top, but you're not handing me the ball. Like, give me the ball. So now I'm frustrated and going, what do I got to do to take that? And then, you know, you know, I finished with Roman, so now I have to cycle back through. So now I got to scratch and claw to get back to that top spot. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, that's part of the process here because it is very difficult to stay up there for a long time. Doing it for 18 months for me, I think, is insane because most guys don't stay up there definitely, that long. We're definitely. lucky we have two different shows. But, um, you know, people ask me, oh, you know, how was debuting at Mania winning that? you know, or how was beating critic? I'm going, well, it just adds fuel to the fire of, I want more, I want more, I want more. And I'm like one of those people, I guess it's a cheesy line, but I'm never satisfied. So like mm -hmm. keep giving me until I decide that, you know, 10 years down the road, I go, okay, I'm done. I've accomplished everything. It's time to walk away. So until that day comes, like, dude, keep me on top, put me here, give me this, you know, or I'll take this or whatever it may be. It's, it's, it, it, like I said, it's just one of those things. I, I don't think a lot of people think that way. I think they go, oh, I was in a main event. This is cool. Right, and they're just happy resting on that accomplishment yeah. rather than striving for more. Uh, Drew McIntyre talks about it a lot. He he learned in his time away when he got fired and yeah. was traveling independence how he came back and he wanted to eliminate complacency. Complacency yeah. is like the the big no-no word for McIntyre, and it sounds like you kind of have the same sort of mindset. Yeah, and because it, it's just frustrating. Like, I want this to be... 
and I say this, by this I mean WWE, I want WWE to just be the must-see thing, period. Right. Whether it's on TV or if we're in your town or if it's somewhere in a different part of the world, like everybody's like, man, I got to get there and see that. And I think we did that acting class. Remember that acting Howard class? Fine. Howard Fine. Yeah, it was uh, by request of the um, American Dream, Dusty yeah. Rhodes. Dusty would bring in uh, Howard Fine, who's a pretty world-renowned acting coach. And he'd bring it to the Performance Center, and we would have little private sessions and learn to act. Yeah, but <laughs> sort he of. always said that line that was like, the audience will directly care as much as you care, like however he phrased it, there was a whole like line about that. But, and I think that's the truth. If people are complacent and they're just cruising or doing whatever, the audience sees that. Yeah, you can tell when someone's just you going through You can 100% see it. So I don't want those guys here. Like I want everybody in that audience, like I'll watch old stuff and I don't remember what it was I saw, I was watching like two days ago and I was going, oh man, like the intensity just from that got me excited to go, oh, how? I got to involve that and what like it's when you see that it just gets you to grab on and take the ride and I think um, you know now especially like if you're truly buying into what you're doing and it's not easy all the time with like especially promos in and this stuff day like and that. age yeah. as a villain let's just look let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room yes being you know social media you're about the only guy that gets it worse than I do. <laughs> Mine's nonstop from the neck beards. <laughs> but, but I mean, in, in a weird way, we always hear stories of, of guys, you know, the trainers and, and guys that are still around talking about, you know, white heat in, in the 80s and the, the, even before that where you couldn't go to your car. They'd have to hide you in the trunk to get out of the building. And it sounds like this mythical, magical experience. And now it's like, man, you, you could never get away with it. But it's, it's almost tenfold. Now you just do your standard job and it's like, the personal attacks it's, and the, it's, it's crazy it just never ends it's crazy too and and we say social media and like that's like five percent of our audience because the little kids and the parents out there they don't understand the terms that these morons are right. using they want to boo they, king corbin getting yeah, punched in the face and they're having fun doing that but then you have these idiot neckbeards that want to critique everything that you do and they're like ah, oh, you've got four moves actually i can do about 600 but when i do four <laughs> it irritates you moron so like that's my thing like i actually can use social media as a cheat code because they're literally going, you know, John four five seven six two thirteen on his twelfth profile is like, hey man, uh, your vest looks dumb, and I go, okay, that irritates you. Now I'm going to wear two. Thank you. <laughs> like, it's so simple, and people can make that difficult. But like, and also these morons, they cannot. And I say morons because you guys are morons, but they want to say like, oh, he's got go away heat. When I walk at that curtain, everybody is booing me. Right. That's like they don't. They just don't understand heat nowadays. Listen, because they, they, they read go, about it on. Ah, this yeah. bad guy is getting booed, so he must not be good. Because I would like him if he was good. That's not the point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and they just don't understand it. And I and and it blows my mind. I'm like, you people can't be this stupid. Like, my job is to make you. You literally hate me. And I've I've been in the ring with guys on all levels and standing there and hearing the booze. And they'll go, "Hey, man!" And they'll turn the microphone so people can't hear him. And they'll whisper, "This is Vicky Guerrero heat. I right. haven't heard this in five years." And I'm going, "This is like, yeah, this is awesome." And then some idiot go, well, "It's go away heat. We want him to go away." <laughs> well, the, like, problem, come the, on. the problem is, though, if, if they're that much of an expert in our business, they would understand what makes a good heel. And they're the most and it's gullible not, people it, but, ever. But you're not a good heel if everyone cheers you because yeah. they appreciate what a good heel you are. Yeah. Oh, this guy's such a, good, a funny joke, man. Yeah. He's so it's good. Like, no, no, no. I'm, I want to see you get punched in the face. 
It's crazy. They want to see you get punched in the face because they don't have the guts to ever do it themselves. That's <laughs> why they want you to get punched in the face. But yeah, it, and it's frustrating because you want to be, and it's, so here's the thing too. With this, like, you want to be told you're good at what you do sometimes. Sure. Because it's gratifying because I bust my ass to be the best heel on the face of the earth. And and you do it within the confines of what we're allowed to do. Exactly. I could go on social media and break all the rules and people would be nuclear. Right. But I can't. Right. Because number one, I'm a professional. But number two, it's a respect thing for the company I work because I love the company I work for. But like that's when you're good. When you can do it in the confines of a PG-ish show. Within the box. Yeah. Yes. And that's hard to do, yep. especially with all these morons that want you to be cool and flip everybody off or say things. And, like, that's not cool, man. That's, like, that's just cheap. You're trying, like, that's going, ah, man, hey, Orlando, this town really stinks. Like, okay. I don't have to go out and say that. When my music hits, people are booing. But it can be frustrating when everybody, when, like, you just want someone to go, hey, man, dude. You're really good at making people hate. Like sometimes you just want that as a human. You want some right, sort right. of. And my like my wife can go. I oh, mean, you're so good, but she doesn't understand any of it. But then I get it every once in a while. You get an Arn Anderson or Matt Hardy pulled me aside on uh, a Europe tour, and he's like, "Man, I want to say thank you because you're you're a true heel, dude, and you don't care about what the internet says or people says." And it's really hard to do nowadays, and I appreciate it. And then I'm going, all right, I'm good for like two years, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't need another compliment. That's because it. you're getting it from people who matter. Right. Like, so when you're getting it from guys who are in the Hall of Fame, or and I've got it from sev several Hall of Famers, or the guys like Vince or Hunter, or those guys are telling me, hey, good job, then I'm doing a good job. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I don't need the gratification of uh, the other people. So right. that's what makes, I think, for me – easy to handle all the social media stuff and every once in a while snap back when i have a clever thing because it's funny and you can tell when people are like literally reaching for some kind of insult oh, yeah. because if someone my favorite especially on instagram if someone says something and i blast them like the next 12 people try to say something similar to that person thinking that i'll respond to them too right, so it's right. really i mean yeah, I'm just give me a, mine give I'm me a, mine i'm a puppet master bro <laughs> like it's crazy Well, I, I've been obviously following all of your social media exploits, and uh, I think I've I, even sent a few to you. And go, hey, is this grammatically correct? Yes, I, I've, I've definitely. I don't have a degree in English, people. I got two degrees, but one of them's not English. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, I've been known to edit a few. Yes. of King Corbin's or, tweets. Is this too far? That's my favorite to send to Nikki. <laughs> it's yeah, I wouldn't do that. It's a yeah, it's a bad <laughs> bad situation when you're asking me to be the moral compass. Yeah. But but speaking of social media, you've been doing a lot of uh, of grilling yes. recently, which yes. I have I have experienced the wares of King Corbin's skills on the grill. Yep. Um, but that was God forever and a day ago now. Yeah. Um, now I have a pro setup. You have a pro setup. Tell me about this. So, um, you know, I mean, like you said, I've always just loved cooking and, and barbecue. Being from Kansas City, I'm a barbecue guy, a meat guy. But now, like, since, you know, we bought this house and, and we're really kind of making it ours, I've got my green egg set up. I'm having an offset built right now, which is an insane barbecue setup that no fire will ever touch any of the food. It has like a fire box and you build the fire box with wood off to the side and then the smoke actually cooks all the food. Interesting. Which is just insane. It takes barbecue to the next level, like building those crusts. I've got a friend's, uh, friend, Jess. She's kind of helped me put it together, and she's she's probably 
the top female in barbecue, in my opinion. And she's not a competitor. She's just one of those people that like is unbelievably good, but her knowledge is she's like a savant when it comes to meats and types of meats and how to cook it. And she's really kind of helped me, but it's elevated, but it's just given me another, you know, you want to kind of be multifaceted in life. Like, yes, WWE is my career, but if that's the only thing I have, then you have like problems because you're just going to be at 10 on stress all the time. So you have to find those other outlets. And I've done that. Like we've done it with music. You and I go to shows or listen to records or drink a lot of whiskey and do whatever. But, um, you know, cooking has kind of become my thing when I'm at home uh, because I can do it all day. My wife's at work. You know, the little one is with her nanny or, you know, hanging out with me and I just go in and out. But yeah. it's kind of my all day like vice of an escape because I can't always just leave the house and go do stuff now with the little one. So um, it's been a lot of fun and experimenting. Like I just put a ribs video up the other day and they were <laughs> next level, dude. I, I watch it gives these, me an excuse to go outside and smoke a cigar. There you go. I, I watch these videos and I all of a sudden get very nostalgic. I'm like, oh, man, I guess I like to go sleep on his couch again <laughs> <laughs> the best part was i had two bedrooms in that house but for some reason you did pick the couch the hell of a couch <laughs> yeah <laughs> well we because we usually just were watching something up late and like, i'm not moving yeah <laughs> it worked we, we survived yeah um tell me more about your uh your clothing brand that i know you're working on yeah man uh, i mean liars club you've you've been a part of kind of the brainchild of it and, and developing and designing and um and, it, and so like liars club is kind of like that thing man like you may not know who we are, but we run the world kind of attitude. Like, just just don't judge me on how I look because I'm doing my thing. Before I let you go, uh, what does uh, King Corbin want to accomplish before the end of 2020? I want another title on my waist. I mean, obviously, I want the Universal Championship, and, uh, you know, we're going to see what happens with that here at Mania with Goldberg wearing it, Roman. Um you know, going against him. And I want a guy who's going to represent every single show with that that Universal Championship, you know, every single live event and appearance. And um, I'm tired of being it in people's uh, suitcases who aren't at the show. You know, it, it's sure. where it sits. And I think um, somebody owes respect to that title to, to put it on everywhere and let everybody see it and take it around the country and around the world. Um, and I want to get that on my waist. You know, I've been close a few times. And like I said, when you get a small taste of that, you want more. And, uh, you know, I've had the U.S. championship. And, and I would love to to just add that list of, of accolades here with having King of the Ring, which I think is so awesome and having so much fun and, and wearing the crown and just rubbing it in people's faces. I hope I keep that forever because it irritates so many people <laughs> and I just love it. And being carried to the ring, I mean, come on, man. There's literally <laughs> nothing better than being carried to the ring. And so th- that's definitely one of them. But, I, you know, I kind of want to just inside – WWE, I want to continue to grow as a superstar and continue to elevate my stock. But I also want to start doing it a little bit, you know, outside. Like like we talk about cooking, man. If I can be like a guest on Chopped. Like I was tweeting the other day going, hey, we need like a, a barbecue and booze episode. Let me be a judge <laughs> on Chopped. Like, and he's like, yeah. And then Chris, one of the judges, is like, yeah, instead of the guy getting chopped, they get the end of days. Like, so I want to kind of just, you know, continue to grow my brand in a sense of helping WWE because I think that when you take a guy and, and you put him in things outside of, you know, that WWE spectrum, it continues to help and grow the WWE brand. And I think it, that's what makes him a superstar because a lot of people, you go, oh, well, they're like, what are you doing? Like, you know, I'm an entertainer for WWE. And they're going, oh, like, like John Cena or like The Rock. Like, mm-hmm. But you want to get on that level where people outside of this 
world know your name and i think that helps bring new people in and especially with this deal with fox like i'm going hey bring me to the u.s open because fox has u.s open mm-hmm. and i'm going bring me there because now i may meet a hundred people that go i should i should watch this wwe thing he's talking about because right. i've never seen it so when you start to implement um into different walks of life i think you bring new audience and i think that's the goal is to always have new audience coming in and, and continue to grow in this I mean, we're obviously the number one company in the entire world, but I want to continue to just, like I said, I want every arena to be packed. I want to get rid of that stigma of, you know, people complaining about everything. It's insane. We see it on social. Like I said, you do too, where, hey, hey, King Corbin should wear a red robe from, you know, Allen 4632. And then if I wore a red robe that night, Allen's 4632 go, man, he looks dumb. Why would he wear that? He should wear a blue one. Like, <laughs> you should have worn a red robe. oh fantastic i'm going to leave you as i often do with a little bit of zen from alan watts who said the only way to make sense out of change is to plunge into it move with it and join the dance it felt apropos giving how the entire universe is shutting down and changing just go with it there's some Zen for you. I am full of it. Thank you to King Corbin. Uh, follow the show at After the Bell WWE on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Send us your thoughts using the hashtag After the Bell. Preferably positive thoughts because I have you know a real problem with reading negative things about myself online. I've said this a bunch, uh, but if you're an Apple Podcast user and you have not left us a review yet, please, for the love of God and all things holy, shoot me five stars. It really does help get the word out. And if you're using an Android, follow ATB on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or Google Podcasts so that you never, ever miss an episode. Should you feel so compelled, you can follow me at WWE Graves. I don't know why you do something silly like that. I will be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. G3 Assistance through Virginia's Community Colleges is your pathway to a new future. Helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3.